Hello, and welcome to the Good Heart Gals podcast. I am Kristen Harness, a nonprofit founder and founder of Good Heart Collaborative, a wellness tech company focused on supporting female leaders of helping professions build resilience and boost wellness. I am also your host, where I'm going to introduce you to incredible female leaders from around the world who have dedicated their careers and lives to helping others during their greatest times of need. This is a place where I'm going to pull back the curtain a bit so you can hear the real and raw realities of this messy yet rewarding work. I promise that you will be inspired, challenged, and motivated by these powerful stories. You can learn more about my guests and my services at goodheart.app. I also would love for you to follow me on Facebook at Goodheart Collaborative and Instagram at goodheartapp. All right, thanks for joining us. Let's jump in and hear from our guests today. My special guest today is Kelly Craighead. She's the owner of Invoke Arts LLC. She describes herself as a teacher and at the core as someone who holds space for others and allows them to express themselves as she lifts them up and fills them with high spirits and optimism. She began her work with adults with special needs and persons with intellectual and developmental disabilities in 2007. In her eight years as a community partner and life skills specialist, she gained the experience and excellent training in the history of developmental disabilities, person-centered practices, and she grew a passion for working with persons with cerebral palsy, Down syndrome, traumatic brain injury, autism, spina bifida, and behavior disorders. She guides her students in a process of sharing with her what they enjoy about life, their passions and interests, and who they are in the world and how they approach creating. In 2017, she saw an opportunity to take a leap of faith and create what she had been dreaming of, her own art program called Invoke Arts LLC. She is eager to grow Invoke Arts and the individuals that she serves. She began making connections with agencies and educating herself on dementia in early 2020, and she intends on expanding her work in 2021 to serve those with Alzheimer's and dementia. You can learn more about her work on her Facebook page, Invoke Arts Denver. So let's hear more from Kelly. It's so wonderful to have you on here and um, to just hear more about your background, your story, your heart, the work that you do. I know that I've known you for a few years now because you supported the nonprofit that I worked for um, that helped girls that were recovered out of trafficking. And I know that you had a heart for that. And so I just appreciate your, your time today. And I'm hoping that you can share with us the moment that you realized that art was really your thing and kind of what were you experiencing that sparked that passion in your life and brought you to where you are today? So it was more of a building awareness, Kristen. I was a toddler. I was three or four or 10, or I have different moments and memories of being like 13 in middle school and painting a watercolor hummingbird and um, doing different drawings when I was very young. But it was a building awareness of this blissful state of being of being encouraged and then doing a drawing or a painting and awareness of this amazing feeling and oh I want to do that thing again so there wasn't a moment it was always a part of me which is I think a huge blessing and um 
I almost feel like a responsibility or like it would be sort of selfish not to share it. I think it's really important. Um, and it helps me express who I am mm -hmm. uh, in the world, you know, to um, express myself visually. Mm -hmm. Do you have any of your artwork from when you were young? My mom has a lot of it. That's a really good question. Um, I don't have any here in, in our home with my husband and I, but you know, my parents kept these scrapbooks. And so, yeah, probably dozens and dozens. I know that you work with adults who have intellectual and developmental disabilities. And I would love for you to share more about your work in that area. And why is this a passion of yours? I was seeking um, heart work, um, work that would touch my heart and, and draw on my gifts, my gifts of nurturing and of observing and holding space for others. And when I started working for Human Services Agency, in 2007, I started learning about the history of developmental disabilities, the history of how people in our culture and all around the world were seen maybe as so challenging and different um, that we've grown to work with them and integrate them in, in our daily lives differently. But what I found in my training and my interactions and um, it just being with them was I was really drawn to their honesty and the ease of connecting with them because they're unguarded. In a sense, intellectually, they're not as developed as uh, us adults have all of our filters and we're guarded. And you're a mother, so you've observed your kids growing up and you know how they can be so unguarded. And I, uh, I enjoy that about kids. And so this is a fascinating combination. I typically work with adults because I don't like the uh, sort of the discipline part of working with kids. So just that um, ability to just really connect immediately and I'm always learning something from them. And I think we, I could learn from a typical, a typical adult. I think it's just their different perspective in the world and the, the different way that they live. It's just an important piece for me to learn from them too. Yeah. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. And you, you teach art with with them is that correct is that what that's how your interactions are yes so I, I you could say teach art because i think that's how people understand it and my view Kristen, is that i i facilitate it and i encourage it and i do teach some things i just feel like it's such a natural thing that i'm really like drawing it out of them Right. But yes, I teach art. <laughs> you're, you're guiding them into expressing themselves. Exactly. 
and you yep. are using this art as a means to engage with your students, get to know them, they get to know you. How does this all kind of work together? Well, they're sharing about themselves. And I think unless we're in a really unsafe space, um, there's something enjoyable about that about, oh, I'm, I'm here in this space and that there's someone with me that wants to hear about my story. And so what tools can I use? And yes, I've worked in groups of people where some people aren't as engaged in art because I think we have these ideas of, like you said, I'm not good at art. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I'm re-engaged with a day program that I love. And one of the staff asked me a few days ago, what makes an artist? And I thought, what a profound question. And I know that we use that title. I just really feel like I'm helping people just tap into that natural creativity that we all have. And we all have this idea that something needs to look realistic or have balance. Mm -hmm but it's just like the words that come out of your mouth. It's just like the way that you move or you walk, you're just expressing yourself um, through the vibration of your voice or the physical movement of your being. And this just happens to be, I feel like using yellow today. I just, you know, I wanna use yellow and this is how I'm gonna make this mark on paper. And our walk may or may not be recorded, <laughs> depending on if we're on video or our voice may or may not be recorded, but it's how we're being in the world in the moment. So I encourage more of that expression just by using encouraging words, by like we do sort of with children, by raising my voice, giving them tools. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay, mm -hmm. well, did you know that these two colors mix together, um, red and blue make purple? And when we use kind of cool colors, we're maybe expressing kind of more of a uh, maybe a, a lower mood, um, less high energy mood. There's just really a richness in storytelling. They're just storytelling. They're telling even if it's uh, about a moment in time or if they're really expressing, I'm giving a prompt about what's your favorite place. And then they can really dive into that into their minds. Mm -hmm. And it's just tapping mm -hmm. into who they are and allowing them to express it into the world. Right, very good. You started Invoke Arts LLC in 2017 after experiencing some significant organizational change where you were working at the time. What was your experience like during that time when you were stepping out, you were taking that leap of faith to pursue your dream of having your own art program? It was absolutely liberating. And I'm tearing up a little bit because it's that release of joy. It was thrilling. Mm. And it was an honoring of myself. It was um, survival. <laughs> mm. um, I'd gotten to the point in the position that I was in where I felt inadequate and shut down every single day for five months. Mm. So you and I have talked about healing and this, is, this was a way to completely 
liberate myself into a place where I was empowered, where I was making the choices, where I could honor my experience, my passion, and this newfound love for people who are seen differently in our society culture because they have this diagnosis and oftentimes not given a lot of choices. A lot of choices are made for people who have disabilities because they don't have maybe the skills as adults. And so it was liberating for me. And then thinking about being able to give people that I could work with um, choice as well. It is the best thing that I've done in my life mm -hmm. um, to allow myself to pursue that dream that had been sort of bubbling up inside for, I can't, I don't know how many years, two, three, four years, something like that. That's amazing. I'm really proud of you. Are you scared at all? Throughout my life and my friendships, I've cultivated more of a connection with whatever that greater power than us is out there, however everyone views it. And I've cultivated a trust and it, I came to that moment in a day when I had a horrible moment with a coworker and I was clinging to the organization, Kristen. I, I was in that position in a cube on headphones with the most ridiculous set of standards for being um, productive and making so many calls and scheduling so many uh, families for this early inter intervention. And we were months behind. So it was like this impossible situation and it was absolutely perfect. And I've practiced gratitude, um, I would say very consciously for the past 20 years. And it was, <clears throat> a horrible experience for five months that I'm so grateful for um, because it gave me that moment and that experience that day of more boldness and the fear was softened by my need to save myself, to honor myself. And the fear was softened. I don't know how to better explain it. There was some, I, I've always had the greatest fear of not having health insurance. So that was like this practical, oh, if I don't have health insurance. And I didn't even call my husband when I made the decision. I wrote my letter of resignation that day. And it was absolutely just backed by um, this, this trust that I had mm -hmm. that making this decision was right. It was, it was in a very intense, powerful moment. And I felt very bold. And I, I guess it was based on a feeling it just felt right. Mm -hmm. And it's a good question to wonder if there were fears. It didn't matter. Right. It just didn't matter. Yeah, yeah it was time. I asked that because I feel like so and myself included so many of us, we sit and stay in these situations that are unhealthy and toxic. And we sit there with so many dreams in our heart and, you know, things that we wish we could be pursuing and doing that we know would be healthier for us, but fear just stops us in our tracks. I mean, I know I've, I've have felt 
the weight of fear and it can be a really powerful feeling. And so it's encouraging to hear your story because although you did feel that fear, you knew that you had to make a, a tough decision. You know, maybe it wasn't as tough at the time because you were ready, but you have to make some tough decisions sometimes and you have to step out in faith and you're going to feel that fear sometimes and you, you're just going to have to, it's a feeling. It's not necessarily something that is real, right? And it's usually like this fear of the unknown. Like if I leave this job, what's going to happen? I had to make a similar decision. I had to make a really hard decision to leave a place that I loved because I knew that it was what I needed in order to heal and what the organization needed in order to move forward. But there was, you know, there was fear there. It was like, I was ready. I was ready. I was ready like a year before that, but there was fear. And so I am really just inspired by the fact that you took that step and you're doing what you're doing. And thank you for sharing that story. And I think that's going to inspire other people as well. And I think these kinds of things, you're bringing people together in this collaboration. That's what gives us strength and support. And I have the support of, of an incredible husband who I didn't even call to say, I'm quitting my stable job. Um, because I have that love and trust and support. So some people may not have that and it may take more courage. Mm -hmm. You mentioned previously that you hold space for the people that you're working with as an art teacher, as a, as a coach, as somebody that guides and facilitates art. And I'm just curious, you know, what are some practices that you have in place to help you take care of yourself, to help you from um, burning out, protecting yourself? Can you share some of, some of the practices that you have? One thing that I'll say about the, the great pandemic and everything that we've all experienced is for me, there were a lot of silver linings and a lot of gifts among so many deaths and so many challenges. And I have a group of women that I work with at a nonprofit arts organization, and we decided to support each other really without even knowing, I guess the um, intensity and normity, the, the beauty that, that it would create. So again, out of all the struggles that you've had, you've decided to bring people together, share exactly what you're asking me to share now. You know, how have you taken care of yourself? Mm -hmm. So we started meeting through Zoom every Friday morning for two hours. And that gave each of us a half an hour to share. A friend of ours is an art therapist and really led the group. And the body of work that we were each able to create, so pieces of artwork, whether they were in clay or two-dimensional, my pieces are collage watercolor, um, others are drawing um, large-scale paintings. And sharing truly sort of in a spirit sense of just being naked and sharing our vulnerabilities mm -hmm. and watching each other grow through that process and knowing that we had each other. So 
coming together in a group like what you're creating was so powerful. I think really just saying yes to that, yes to things that I think might benefit me. So that's maybe a skill or a tool or something. Um, so we've come together after a whole year and really um, created this incredible thing. I would also say being really observant, Kristen, uh, in the past when I was growing my business because it was, oh, it's two years in, it's three years in. I would say yes to things like day programs where I was, <laughs> I'm schlepping all the art supplies, which is part of what I like to do because I have a little more control of what we're doing that day if I know what supplies are being used. Driving to that space where most day programs are understaffed, they're rushing from one activity to another, we're setting up tables. It's very haphazard. Um, it's not a space that I would consider healing, <clears throat> but wanting to, to grow my business and getting the word out, I would say yes to these things, which in the end I'm grateful for. However, I'm more observant now of how those spaces are feeling and I'm more discerning. So being more discerning for me means if I'm doing new work at the autism center and I meet a mother or someone writes to me, or I meet a mother and her daughter, I really tune into how does it feel to talk to this person? Do I really feel like there's a connection there or a way for me to help this person, you know, help guide them, engage? And then is it reciprocal to me? Am I also, does it feel fulfilling? Does, do I enjoy spending time with this person? Because there were people that I worked with that their brother was in the room because they were 55 years old, the artists that I work with. Um, but sometimes they functioned at the mental age level of maybe a five-year-old. And so they really needed a lot of attention. And it was a very tense, very tense, very tense relationship and situation that I stayed in, like we talked about for years. So really just being more observant and stepping away from things, saying no to things that uh, in the past I might have, so learning <laughs> from um, past experiences. Um, and really just again, being with like-minded and I was thinking today about like, like passioned people. And even though you and I maybe don't have a similarity in art, there's some things that we are passionate about together and just having simple conversations, um, listening to the podcasts or getting together in groups um, sharing tools. It just makes so much sense to me. And I know one thing that's important to me is spending one-on-one -on -one time with someone. As a highly sensitive mm -hmm. person, I'm much better at that because I'm not multitasking as much. So putting the energy out there really and the word out there <laughs> verbally um, and seeking that more one-on-one -on -one time instead of groups. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. also things like spending time in nature. We live really close to the Rocky Mountain Arsenal and National Wildlife Refuge. And spending time, we picked up the hobby my husband and I did a year ago of birding and getting some really nice binoculars and being able to observe different birds of different colors up close and also using those to observe the bison and the deer and um, even like, you know, butterflies and dragonflies and um, all the different birds that show up at the refuge and the sunsets, the incredible colors in the sky and what does the air feel like and what does it smell like? Um, so really creating time for those kinds of things where I can rest um, 
and even laying down when I get home because we can say I'm going to rest and we, we sit up and do things. But the simple act of laying horizontal, um, there's something about that that says I'm going to rest and I'm not going to be active. That's huge for me. And cooking also, like when I make something that's really nourishing for my husband and I, um, I'm finding as my business is picking back up, I have less time to and less energy to buy the things that I want to at the grocery store and having the energy for that because being a highly sensitive person, I can get overstimulated at the grocery store. And so I think too, being mm -hmm. kind to myself in my mind, like that's okay. <laughs> Two, three days in a row, I haven't cooked something for us. And I know that I'll have the energy, whatever day it is that's coming up. So also kind of being, um, practicing kindness with myself. What I heard you say, and something that is more sustainable for people that are working in these kinds of fields are things like having that supportive group around you. And the other thing that you said, which I think is so important too, because I think as women and as people in helping fields, people that want to help in general, we tend to not like to say no. We just, whatever, you know, when somebody asks us for something or there's an opportunity, especially when we have a new business and we want to get out, get the word out there and get busy and grow our business, we just say yes to everything. We have got to get no more in our vocabulary, not in a disrespectful, offensive way, but in a way that protects ourselves, that puts up boundaries. Be okay with saying no more, having those boundaries, because those are the kinds of things that are going to protect our energy, hopefully help us, you know, kind of prevent so much burnout. Can you share with us some of your favorite moments? either in creating your own artwork or in helping another? Like you just have something that really, you know, has stuck in your head, stuck in your heart. Yes, so I, um, one of my dreams was to work for an organization called the Art Garage. And the Art Garage is a nonprofit organization that mainly works with kids. It's located in Park Hill. And there was um, a program that served more you know, I don't really know how to describe the ARC program, but it really was more about underserved populations. And so when I applied to the ARC Garage 2016, 2017, when I was starting my business, my interest was working in it with adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. And it took a while for them to connect with organizations. And I had lots of um, contacts for my work and was i um, incredibly fortunate to be introduced to Community Choices Day Services and the director there, um, <clears throat> talk about heart work. She's very passionate about what she does. And she's sort of magical in the way that she brings in the people that participate in her program. So bringing this group in, Community Choices, to um, Art Garage, it took some years to develop a really solid group of 10 individuals and two staff uh, that really worked together to create work. And one of our favorite, my favorite projects that um, when you say moments, um, uh, there was a point when the group came together and we were getting ready for an art show 
And again, I was asking the prompt, what's your favorite place? So we use these um, cardboard beer flats from the liquor store next door. They're the rectangular boxes that are two or three inches um, borders around the side where you would stack beers. Um, and so we used different materials. There were people that expressed um, my favorite places. I just went to Vegas. And so um, I helped this person use felt and shiny fabrics and different plastics and things from the sort of um, reusable art sources in um, the art garage there to express what was her favorite place. We had somebody else that loved campfires in the mountains, um, going on camping trips, and someone else who uh, did express herself as um, my bedroom in my home, and it was like something like Mississippi. So why was that, you know, some of my favorite moments? Because these were people storytelling. So anytime somebody's telling their own story, there's such a richness in that. And um, I think of that project a lot and that group a lot. And then one other thing that I think about too is in one of the groups that I have since chosen to leave and I said no to, which is one of the most empowering things I did last year was I was working with a young man in his early twenties with cerebral palsy, his name's Riley. And we were drawing our favorite food one day and it was another way for me to draw out um, who, who we are as different people and another way to get conversations going about, oh, you love pizza and you love asparagus and you love chocolate cake and whatever, um, was he was drawing a hot dog and he was just absolutely um, expressing himself that day and uh, being a person with cerebral palsy it was hard for him to hold on to like a pen or a marker, but he did this great big oblong object and then he just delighted himself in coloring it in or painting it lime green because other people were sort of um, not offended by that, but in a very amusing way, like a lime green hot dog. And he just laughed and laughed and laughed. And it was, he was so delighted. So for me, those are the moments when we're just having a moment together, right? And if I hadn't asked what his favorite food was and we, you know, we were doing something that was very rigid, um, I wouldn't have that memory of Riley and of his laughter and of the expression on his face and um, of who he is. He loves humor and um, mm -hmm. it just really expressed who he was. So that those are the key things um, of favorite moments, I guess, is um, in helping another. He was just expressing himself. Yeah, I bet that was a favorite moment for him too. Yeah, I bet, yeah. I know you mentioned that due to COVID and the potential risk to your students, you had to cancel some of your sessions. We talked about this previously before the interview. And are you able to pick things up again now? Are you fully um, meeting in person to guide and facilitate art? And can you just like really quickly, how has this past year been for you and how have you navigated through it? It was very difficult at first and I created some literal hearts that I traced um, and painted watercolor and sent out to um, one of my very first day programs. And those people really have my heart. They're like family. It's very emotional, really hard to have the work that you're passionate about taken away from you without any warning. Um, 
And then I found the place for me to build a body of my own work, found uh, ways and times to slow down, like many of us did. And I maintained the relationships, made the phone calls, sent the emails, kept the relationships going with staff. Um, and it was an unknown space for a lot of us. However, I just had that gratitude and trust. And um, I think gratitude goes a long way because you create a certain vibration or energy and then those things are drawn back to you. So yes, now as the vaccine came out in particular, I've been able to go back to that day program and they bring, um, there are people who live in group homes. So five people in each group home and um, day and night staff and nursing staff are there to care for them. And normally they were bringing all five homes to one day program and we would all create art together. Right now they're bringing one home at a time and the rest of them, like we're all adjusting, the rest of them are on video. And it's really a thrill to be invited back. That's what I'm finding out is that there was something valuable about my work, Kristen, that people, it really moves me. The people are getting back in touch with me and people have seen the value of this work that just flows from me that I'm natural at, that I have this natural ability and passion for. Mm -hmm. And people are inviting me back and referring me and hearing about what I facilitated. And so um, I am rebuilding and I'm also again being discerning about what I'm choosing to say yes to. And um, my new connection through um, a gallery in the Santa Fe Arts District has connected me to the Autism Center in Aurora. And that has created some new work for me and new variety in people I work with. So thankfully, Yes, people are seeing the value in the heart work that I do. Good for you. Yeah, that's got to feel really good. Well, I had the privilege of looking at some of the art that you did during the, you know, shutdowns and everything. And I was really fascinated by them. They were really incredible. And I could see these stories in every single piece that there was a deep story to them. And, um, and I would love someday to, to even dive into them more and hear more about them, but share, share with us a little bit more how we can support you. Thank you. It's interesting in the ebb and flow of things, how we change focus. And I started building a website the end of 2020 because I was looking at the, um, practical side of things and thinking, oh my gosh, okay, so I've been on some pandemic unemployment assistance for gig workers, contract workers, and at some point that's going to run out. It was before we knew there was going to be a renewal of that in March. Mm -hmm. So I'm absolutely grateful for that. And I also knew that I wanted to be working and bringing in my own money and not depending on um, an outside source because my work is hard work. So I'm creating the website. I have a Facebook page currently. Um, my, I would say my desire right now is to share what I do, collaborate with people on projects and, and still continue to network 
the question, do I sell my artwork? My pieces are the body of work that I recently did are so intense as, as you mentioned. And I would love to sell original pieces. And I was working for a while and reproducing things and, and getting the best reproduction and haven't really pieced all that together yet. And I guess my focus shifted a little bit too. And it's more about sharing it now. So I will be in touch with you when the website's created, but my Facebook page is Invoke Arts Denver. Okay. I-N-V-O, okay. yeah, I-N-V-O-K-E-A-R-T-S-D-E-N-V-E-R. -E -E um, and people can email me um, invokeartsdenver at gmail.com. And I would love to just talk with people about groups that they're working with that maybe are looking ways, looking for ways to heal. Really, because I, yeah. I guide and facilitate and help people heal, I would love to connect with new groups and, and work with small groups or one-on-one -on -one with people. And so thank you for, I hadn't even thought about that when you and I were gonna talk today. I usually do, I'm really yeah. good. I love to network, love to network, love to connect. Um, it feels like just like a very natural community-based, um, community-minded thing for me, so. Okay, so people can see some of your artwork on your Facebook page? Some of my artwork is there mostly on my Facebook page is the work of the people that I work with. Mm. And um, some of the work that I did over the summer relates to uh, some things that happened like politically, socially, the death of George Floyd. And I, I feel a little guarded about sharing some of that on social media because mixing that sort of with the work that I do to help people heal. That's why I was creating the website so that there would be two uh, separate places. Um, but certainly if someone wanted to look at the Facebook page and then email me and then um, I have a Dropbox of the body of work that I shared with you. Yep. So I'd be happy to maybe individually share with people that reach out, absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for sharing more about your work, sharing about your heart. And I look forward to just staying connected with you and, and seeing where you go and where you grow with, with your business. And I really appreciate your time, Kelly. Kristen, thank you so much. I think the Good Heart Collaborative is exactly what women like us 